0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Millwood and Micah Discovering Avatar. My name is Amanda Millwood, and I'm a screenwriter, actor, director, and a fan of Avatar The Last Airbender.
1: And I'm Todd Micah. I'm the author of Tales from Grimgard, an anthology of dark fantasy, as well as the Grimgard role playing game. And I had never watched Avatar. And boy, I was not ready for episodes 13 and 14 of this series. <laughs> I, I we have been going through Avatar the Last Airbender episode by episode and not even not even my co-host Amanda's warnings and foreshadowings could have prepared me for episode 13, The Blue Spirit. I need me- an intervention after this, you know. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, no, and let me just say, like I think I mentioned to you, mentioned it to you before we ever started recording, that I knew the exact episode that was gonna like just break you. I knew it was gonna be mid season, and it was gonna be this episode, and I was waiting. And
1: you and you got you got your your foreshadowing of what this podcast was gonna be like because I texted you while I was watching the episode, and I was just I was all capsing the entire time.
0: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So happy because <laughs> i was like "Yep,
1: oh. i knew, it. Oh I knew this
0: one <laughs> wow this is something special <laughs> like damn
1: <laughs> episode 13 the blue spirit is a written by brian canetsco and michael dante dimartino the creators of the show right yes. and yep. directed by the one and only dave filoni we are back to like <laughs> pilot. We are back to pilot episode vibes here, people. Whenever oh, yeah, they no. need they... <laughs> this episode, this, this is animated by DR Movie. Yes. And it aired on June 17th, 2005. I'm struggling against the emotions right now. It has an IMDb rating of 9.1 out of 10.
0: Hmm. i can't remember is this the highest episode rating that we've gotten so far i know that uh the storm was nine out of ten but i can't remember if we've gotten higher than
1: 9.1 i feel nope. like something's been i like part of me is like i feel like something has been higher than nine maybe i'm thinking of our own ratings we can always go back and check yeah, <laughs> so,
0: yeah. yeah. but still this is one of the higher definitely one of the highest rankings that we've mm-hmm. seen so far Um, in all the 13 episodes we've covered
1: yeah so take us away with some fun facts
0: all right so (laughs) excuse me as Nickelodeon only ordered 13 episodes of the original series the creators designed this episode knowing that they needed something exciting along the lines of a series finale well they
1: sure delivered on that
0: (laughs) yep as a result uh, knowing they had to create or they had created a rivalry Wow, I can't talk. As a result, knowing that they created a rivalry between Zuko and Zhao, they thought if Zhao captured Aang, no one would be more motivated to rescue him than Zuko. And they were right.
1: <laughs> they were right. <laughs>
0: um, the second fun fact is that this is Michael DiMartino's second favorite episode of the show. The Storm was his third favorite um, for its use of action and the surprising twist at the end. and And because of the mysteriousness of the blue spirit itself
1: did you know that up until this moment i actually in retrospect forgot the name of the episode and so i was like the blue spirit who's the blue spirit and i was like oh wait it's the guy in the mask the blue spirit yeah. duh i wasn't thinking yeah, because of this they never reference
0: they never call him in this episode the blue spirit um but it's i mean yeah it totally makes sense mm-hmm. um and then the third fun fact is that this episode was ranked number 15 in the hundred greatest moments in nickelodeon history. Now like with the first episode because we've had this fun fact or similar fun fact before with the very first episode of the show mm-hmm. I, could, I could not for the life of me find like this supposed list of 100 greatest moments in nicktoon history um but i wouldn't be surprised because this episode truly changed the game for avatar and i think the like a like the first fun fact said the avatar creators knew that it was it had to be a game changer for the whole series um And so I wouldn't be surprised if the moment that was ranked hundred greatest moments is the reveal of Zuko at the end, because that just completely like I
1: I physically got up and knocked my chair over and like walked out (laughs) of my room and walked back into the room and played (laughs) the part over again to make sure I saw it right.
0: Yeah, see that right? That Zuko. Yeah, we still do that...
1: we, we do we do though before this podcast is done we have to figure out like Indiana Jones in like the well of souls style where the 100 greatest moments in Nicktoon history is, is oh. kept it's like behind a river of slime it's somewhere deep in the iCarly archives like <laughs> Megan's traps Megan's traps are between like us and it
0: oh I know i've I've seriously I've tried so many different forums and pages and the Nickelodeon um what is it called? Like the wiki pages? Nothing. It just, they do not exist anymore. If
1: we got to they... go to the dark web. We got to go to the dark web.
0: I'm going to the dark web. You we can got to go that. to the dark
1: web. What do you want? I'm, just, I'm behind like an alleyway. It's like three in the morning. I'm like, a
0: where, on?
1: where's the location of the hundred greatest moments in Nicktoon history? And they're like, oh, you mean you want? I'm like, yes. The Crucible. Where is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. all right so we're done with our fun facts so todd please do tell us what how what are your thoughts about this episode because you seem to have a lot i i
1: I do have a lot of thoughts on this episode the episode is it it is a real it is a real masterpiece It, it is a real masterpiece i love the intrigue the the intrigue of the the military politics within the fire nation i i think Mm -hmm. it's i think it's so well done i love the fire nation as a culture i love their duels i love their military hierarchy i just like i don't know i i i love i love that look behind the curtain of like the evil kingdom what are things like for those people how do they operate what are things like what do the bad guys do are they all just evil mustache twirling villains they wake up and they're like ah time to pour some evil wheaties into my bowl which is a skull of my enemy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's like That's I I think we mentioned it um, during the imprisoned episode, but I love that they humanize these these supposed bad guys, you know, like they're still bad guys, but they're not just like caricatures like they're actual people with, you know, history and background and, you know, even some personality like it's I really love that about the series.
1: Well, and it's so incredibly well written, these characters, too, because like Zhao, um, fast forwarding a little bit into the episode, there's that part where he, he has Aang chained up, and Aang mm-hmm. literally is like, you know, if you, you let me out right now, then I'll fight you. Right. And you just he just no, like no. no. Yeah, and, really and But I like how he's not just like snippy, like ha, why would I release you? No, of course not. You see this little moment of like kind of kind of grimace on his face. And he's like, I remember the last time that I got challenged to a duel and mm-hmm. said
0: so, yeah. <laughs> yeah I got my ass fixed.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and like you kind of see that little bit of a humbling that he has. Even at the start of the episode, he's just now going back to the beginning. He's just frustrated mm-hmm. as he's watching these these archers, these master archers, which is so cool, so yeah. cool. I'm sorry, the master archers, whatever they're called, they were the so cool.
0: I love oh, they're continuing the theme in Avatar and Legend of Korra that I adore and that's that non-benders have to adapt and you know because they're so wildly you know overpowered by these benders they have to adapt and create their own ways of being badass basically yeah. you know we saw it with suki and the Kyoshi warriors we saw it with jet we in his freedom fighters we see it with the Yuyan archers we see it with so with saka so- hell with Sokka, he's like the main non-bending character um and then we see even more as the series progresses and i love that they can keep up with the benders like they have to because otherwise like what are they gonna do right. um and I love like archery in general. If you have an archer character in your movie, book, show, whatever, I'm gonna like them. I did archery in school. I love it. It's such a beautiful art form and yeah, art form. Uh,
1: but uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, it is though. It is. It, it's yeah. a it's, it's deadly of combat, art. but there is art to it. It's it, it oh, yeah. beautiful. It's incredible.
0: And I just love seeing that you know in a world where people can shoot you know, fire or water out of their fist. Like, we still have these super badass archers that can hold their own against, you know, someone that can Mm -hmm. run like the wind. Like, it's so cool. Well,
1: it also has this sort of mercenary, um, you know, connotation to it because these are guys who are plucked out of a role that they're kept in and they're kind of enlisted by commander. Oh, excuse me, Admiral (laughs) Zhao on his...
0: seems quite been promoted i know
1: right um, i was yeah i was like I, in, in brain i kind of darth Vadered it, and i was like did the fire lord kill the other admiral <laughs> you have failed me for the that last. oh be- sorry I, I need to mark hamlet you have failed me for the last time
0: <laughs> oh my gosh
1: the fire the fire yeah. lord is just darth hamill now he's just that's it
0: <laughs> Hamel. so
1: after darth hamill kills his admiral then commander jow gets uh gets his promotion which by the way I I Uncle Iro Iro's reaction was gold. <laughs> oh Zhao has been Good promoted. For Good for him. And he beat, <laughs> as he like effortlessly beats the guy in the the game that they're playing. And the guy's like,
0: "Yep, <laughs> it's great." I love that. Like, even though they're like, it's especially later. It's implied there's a kind of history between Zhao and Uncle iroh but like he's still like good for him like
1: you know he's well, still it's so, it's, to- it's so tongue-in-cheek too because it's almost like you feel bad for him with how badly things have gone it's like oh finally something went right for him that's nice. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it uh, yeah the the um the whole situation in the episode two of i mean there's just this desperation built up it, it's very intense as sokka and then katara are like sick and it's not like a punchline like yeah Sokka being sick is funny you know he's he's delirious he's delusional he's saying funny things seeing things and hearing things but then like Katara is sick and there's like that prolonged like her coughing she's like no I'm fine and then she starts coughing more and I'm like she's got
0: the COVID she got the she got the Rona
1: she got the Rona (laughs) no no
0: (laughs) I'm sorry guys um but uh yeah no it's it's true and I love like you know, some people don't even like it didn't for me as a kid, it didn't really register because I didn't watch these in order. Um, You know, I, it wasn't until years later after these episodes had already come out that I did watch them in order. But as a kid, I never realized that, wait a minute, like, they're sick because of the previous episode like yeah. they were in that storm and it has repercussions i love that yes. like that the, the, the so
1: continue the continuity between like the the events that happened with with Zhao in the past and then the continuity of they were in the storm in the previous episodes so and now they're sick like when things can link together episodically and, and and there's oh because this happened now this happened when the cause and effect Reaches beyond a single episode, like that is peak storytelling right there. That's when it doesn't feel like filler. Like a lot of people say about
0: yeah. Even that may seem like filler, it will come back eventually, and you're going to be like, "That wasn't filler. That's crazy!" Yeah, yeah. Well, Um, except for episode
1: eleven. Episode eleven is definitely filler. Yeah,
0: except for that one. We don't talk about (laughs) (laughs)
1: that. We don't talk about episode eleven.
0: Nobody talks about that episode. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah so i do love that i do love that there are consequences for the previous episode um outside of just you know learning the backstories of the characters and yeah i, I do like the little um <laughs> momo not understanding what katara is telling him oh my and gosh
1: gonna... i wrote that, and that down because i didn't want to forget that i died when she's like explaining it when he water momo and then she's just like it's nonsense
0: <laughs> yeah it's just like you could put like literal like I don't know, BB-8 beeps in there <laughs> it just make them like, <laughs> And everything's, like,
1: all green and, like, fish-eyed on her face. Yes, <laughs>
0: yes exactly. Um, and he's so bringing green. back everything but water. <laughs> like, and <laughs> now the crown, like, a giant chest somehow. <laughs> like, I just love looking at the stuff he brought in the background. I'm like, how did he get that there? <laughs> like, he's just a little lemur. What the heck? He like, super <laughs>
1: wrong it's great i I loved it but you know um also one quick note which i want to mention because i don't want to forget it as we delve into the plot with with ang going to um get medicine for them and then getting caught uh is that the music in this episode is fantastic and particularly there's the music when when uh the blue spirit yes that's who he is when the blue spirit is breaking ang out and they're sneaking around, and like there's this one little instrument that they use that makes like that little kind of, kind of like that little whistle, little whine noise. And mm-hmm. I, I was hearing it in the music, and it's really highlighted. And, and it's, it, there's mostly just music during that sequence of them sneaking. And it's just so good. It's so good. The like, music is always good, but like it's it's very obvious in this episode just how good the music oh, yeah. series is. Yeah.
0: No, um. Jeremy Suckerman, I believe, is the composer's name and the track team. They're the ones that do mm-hmm. the music for Avatar, and man, they are like next level. They they go so hard with the music in this show, especially. I feel like I keep saying this, but as the show goes along, it just develops more and more, like yeah, the yeah. story the do. And there are certain themes that you'll hear. And you'll be like, that's Aang's theme. That's Guitar's theme. That's their love theme. That's like, you know, that's the Avatar State theme. And mm. you're just like, man, this music is so iconic and so recognizable. You know, the opening title scene and the closing credits, it's, it's all just so mm. iconic. And... um and they also do the work on Legend of Korra as well, which is also beautiful. And I'm just like, wow, these guys go so hard. And for what? It's a kid's show. You don't have to do this. Like, but I'm so glad that they did because I'd still listen to the soundtracks from the episodes and it just, it immediately puts me in to being a kid again and watching them for the first time and being just utterly just blown away by it. And yeah. man, Jeremy Zuckerman and the track team, y'all did y'all did the show good.
1: oh yeah no it's it's phenomenal and it's so it and and it's it it, the the extra gear really i think that i've recognized in the music track only fits with the fact that everything is on an extra gear in this episode like the the animation is beautiful the story of course we've talked about but like now getting to the real core of it which is zuko's raid of the fortress Mm -hmm. and i'll be honest i wasn't quite sure who it was because my first thing was i'm like oh man this guy's got sick moves that's gotta be zuko and then as i'm watching it and he's like going inside and everything and i was like no that can't be zuko that, that, that he, doesn't, zuko doesn't fight with swords there's no fire bending which i have a question about that by the way but like but but you know as it going along i'm starting to like it's kind of my mind is trying to kind of unravel like who this possibly could be and then I'm like my oh, the guy fights with two swords and so then my brain is like Oh, is it? Is it Jet? Is did Jet redeem himself because he fought with two swords? Is he here to rescue him and like make good with everybody? He's a vigilante. Are, are his guys gonna break them out and prove they're not terrible people and bullies and, and monsters after all? You know. Mm-hmm. And so, in my mind, I was kind of like, "Oh, there's some character from previous in the series that's coming back or something. It's going to be a big reveal." And then my brain is getting cynical, and my brain's going, "I hope it's not somebody that's like yanked out of Ang's past, like the old guy who ran the Earth, who the Earth Kingdom, and it's nobody we've yeah. actually seen before." And then they have that amazing escape. The uh, the, the 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 just. Just, it's not like, oh, the, with, let's fight and fight and fight. Like, I, I love that the, the whole tower has like multiple rings and walls right. that they have to get over a variety like, of okay.
0: ways. <laughs> we gotta get through level one, level two, level yeah. three, big okay. level.
1: Okay. And can we appreciate, obviously can we appreciate the obvious compassion of Aang that he's not just gonna leave even the stranger, this weird stranger who's come to help him when the, the doors are closing and the blue spirit gets stuck back there, Aang could easily escape but instead Mm -hmm. he opts to you know get the weapon of the staff away from the guard and then go back and help him right and like it's just you see like that gratitude and ang spirit that like he's not just like okay thanks buddy you can you clearly you can take it from here because Mm -hmm. but then it's it's not just that thankfulness but like the humility because he knows that there's more of the castle to get through and he needs Mm -hmm. the guy's help he needed his help before How does he know he's not gonna need his help later? I think that's like an amazing part of Ink's character that was just highlighted there in once again an unspoken way.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: And then they get outside the walls.
0: (laughs) And then she snapped.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and then okay, but real quick. Yes. (laughs) Did I see wrong that somewhere in the middle of their escape, did the blue spirit use water bending?
0: Oh no, so like towards the beginning, when he first was uh, freeing Aang from the shackles, right. he had a bucket of water that he threw at one of the uh, one of the soldiers. So he wasn't water bending; he just had a bucket of water. But didn't it like
1: freeze or something, or was it? Did I am I misremembering this, the thing in the episode I mean,
0: when Aang was captured by the Yu archers? He froze part of the river to stop the arrows from hitting him. But no, no, that's it, the-
1: it was one hundred percent right when they escaped from the room.
0: Mm, not that I remember and I just watched the episode like a couple hours ago. <laughs>
1: I'm I I, I could go back complete. and watch I, I, I am going back to watch it. I mean it's I, let's rewatch the whole episode right now. No. Right uh, now. <laughs> right now. Um that he unmasks where he unmasks the blue spirit there. It's like literally all the enemies are closing in on them.
0: Yeah, after he's been shot in the face by an arrow, <laughs> which oh has so- gosh. the sound is just—I always get like a little kind of jolt when I hear the sound of the arrow hitting the mask because it's so close to his face, and you know there's a bright flash that happens. You're like, "Oh, ow!" <laughs> like he knocked out.
1: It was really an incredible sequence and i like i said before i just like got up i just like walked out of the room from the absolute shock of it i was because in my mind i mean a million things hit my brain at the same time in that moment Mm -hmm. i was like he freed him but like he freed him to spite xiao because he doesn't want xiao to get him and he really went against all those guys to do it but like Mm -hmm. ang is also kind of his like weird buddy in a way because like,
0: like
1: you know what i mean at- like we like we talked about like there's this is kind of this understanding between them you know mm-hmm. what i mean there's like okay so i'm going to dramatize this a little bit but like it's a little <laughs> it's a little bit like it's a little bit like if it was a, like a hunter who's mm. after this this wild animal and he's after the thing and if he catches it when it's like wounded he could easily be like, oh, I found it, and it's like it's wounded, it's injured, and now I right. can catch it and bring it back and say I found it. But he didn't win it in the hunt, he just right. found it when it was unfortunately at his mercy. It's, it's like the hunter taking the injured animal, nursing it back to health, and then releasing it, and it's like, now that now that it's a fair hunt again, I'll get right. you.
0: Exactly, no, that's, that's a totally perfect way to describe it, honestly. <laughs>
1: And and talking then in that aspect about, you know, we already complimented Aang, but to compliment Zuko on that, it really shows this sense of honor that he has. Right. That there is this respect for, once again, this respect for his prey. He is the hunter, but he has so much respect for his prey that, I mean, yeah, sure, he wasn't exactly in a position to do it anyway, but he didn't walk in there and grab, you know, Aang and loop a chain around his neck when he could have or knock him out and carry him out or anything you no know, yeah sure all kinds of justifications could be made of how he would need ang to get out but like he got in by himself he was fine right. you know and so like mm, just yeah again there's the real hunter's honor that like if i'm going to catch you i'm not going to use anything that my opponent has used to subdue you i'm not going to get you while you're in advantage i want you in the wild i want you free go free and then i'll come and get you and i can say i actually caught you i love it
0: yeah no it's it's great and you know while we're on this particular scene this was my version of no i am your father like this was that shock to me because, like, I did not, you know, I, like I said, I was seven years old when this episode came out. I was not mm-hmm. thinking that this was going to be any character that we'd seen before. I wasn't trying to figure out who it was. I was just enjoying the episode and the action and the ambiance and the atmosphere. And when that happened, my world was shooketh. I did not <laughs> believe that, like, because I, and then I immediately was like, but wait, like, he didn't use any firebending? Or, like, how, like... I did never realize he was so good at stealth and like dual wielding and like all this stuff that we hadn't known about him previously because they cleverly hid it. Um and I was just like, I can't believe this. It was Zuko all along.
1: <laughs> like it was Zuko all along.
0: It's from Zuko all along. All along. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was again, I never got to experience the whole, you know, I know it's not Luke, I'm your father, but shut up Star Wars fans. Um, (laughs) But I never got to experience that, you know, without having it being spoiled. But this I did, I had no idea. And it just completely blindsided me while also making total sense. Like it wasn't just something they pulled out of a hat and was like, Oh, yeah, it's going to be him because no one would suspect that like, that's not how you form a good plot twist. A plot twist, Mm -hmm. you should be able to back and be like oh that makes sense because of this this and this Mm -hmm. and it does and it was you know looking back i'm like yeah it's pretty obvious it's him but as a kid that was just like the ultimate plot twist for me and that was when I, me
1: who thought my way out of it
0: (laughs) yeah like you're like there's no way it's him (laughs) he came back around oh my god um but yeah no that just shows how good of a twist it is and how much it makes sense within the story and the characters um that you know, Zuko will go. It's again, it is literally Kylo Ren and Hux. I'm telling you, that's their dynamic. Zuko and Zhao, um, he will do whatever it takes to just get under Zhao's skin and make a mess for him to have to clean up. Like, yep. I love it. Um, but, uh, Yeah, it's. it's I don't care if
1: the avatar wins, I need Commander Zhao to lose.
0: (laughs) Yes, um, but (laughs) you could say the exact same thing for Zhao. He's like, I just want Mm -hmm. Zuko to lose. Um, but uh, yeah, and then the for me, the real clincher though, like obviously the big plot twist reveal was great and very well handled. Um, and I love that he didn't just leave him there, like he started to run. And then he looks back and he just sees Zuko completely passed out, about to be yeah. taken by the guards. And he's like, "Not on my watch. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and yeah. takes him, And I'm like, he didn't have to do that. He has huh. no obligation to help Zuko at all. And yet he does. How is, he how,
1: how, is, how is the avatar going to save the world if he picks and chooses which people in the world to save?
0: That's very true. You can't be picky he you has got... to
1: he has to value every person's life otherwise he might he might as well not value anybody's life he might as well right. be the fire lord trying to bend the world to his will through force through the sheer power of his abilities whether they mm-hmm. like it or not and just crush anybody in his way but he doesn't do that
0: right <sighs> yeah
1: that moment of him sitting there next to zuko yeah that's
0: yeah let's talk about that because <laughs> it's such a good little moment and oh, oh
1: it's so simple but it carries this enormous weight where he's literally just like you know if i'd known you back then would you and i have been friends
0: yeah back before the war and before <sighs> the, the airbenders and it's just like and the fact that he did have a friend Kuzon, who's brought up later in the se- or in the series um mm-hmm. we never see him, but he is brought up again yeah. and um like yeah the fact that he had a very good friend that was from the fire nation before you know the genocide of the air Nomads, and him just thinking like and, and then it i never even really thought about it until i just rewatched it today but i'm like i wonder if zuko is kuzan reincarnated like that could happen it's been a hundred years like don't
1: spoil anything for me i don't know anything if he had a friend who was still alive <laughs> after a hundred years
0: i know i'm like but, and obviously that's not the case, but it kind of made me think like, what if, like maybe he oh, is. Yeah, you know? Sure.
1: Well, now I'm thinking, what if <laughs> yeah. Preach think out, Amanda. Welcome.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it just, it's such a touching moment. And, you know, the lighting is so beautiful and soft and, you know, Zuko's just kind of laying there listening and he's not looking angry. He's just kind of like, just. He's trying to kind of, I feel like, gather his surroundings because he's just, you know, being woken up from being knocked out. And he doesn't immediately react to what Aang is saying. But when he does, of course, he reverts back to, oh, I got to find the Avatar. Ah.
1: Yeah, he and just he... lashes out with fire. But in a way, I feel like it's a little bit of like the, you. how do I say this? Aang was hoping his words would touch the unburned side, but they touched the burned side.
0: Oh yeah. And what you sure. said to
1: him hurt and he lashed out.
0: Yeah. And then you see his face as he I love Zuko's face when Aang is just hopping through the trees to get away. Because he's not again, he's not looking angry. He's just kind of like lost. Like he can't believe that the Avatar who he's been hunting this entire season mm-hmm. just saved him when he he could have so easily had just left him to Zhao and his soldiers. And yeah. he's just kind of confused, like it's such a subtle uh, facial expression, which we don't really see from Zuko very often. He's so over the top with his expressiveness mm-hmm. and like how angry he gets. And, you know, he's always lashing out. And here he's just kind of confused and lost and trying to comprehend what just happened. Like, yeah. it's so subtle and I love it. <laughs> There's no words. Again, they I love when they don't put words. Yes. <laughs>
1: It's that soft soft side of him, that side that we had had seen in in Episode 12, The Storm, that, as we said, is still there. That part of Mm -hmm. him that does value the people on the ship and that does look out for the people in Fire Nation. And then, because we have lots of things pulled from previous episodes, we have that same sentiment as in Episode 10, Jet, where, yeah, the Fire Nation has a lot of bad people in it. But the fire nation isn't just populated with villains there's normal people there's 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 old old men there's 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 women and children there's nice people there's charitable folks there's there's the helpless there's the innocent who just were born in the fire nation and you know as he expresses that he had a friend in the fire nation you also remember that that he treats zuko just like we said that he values all lives because if he doesn't value everybody know he doesn't value anybody we might as well not value anybody that Mm -hmm. he values him too and even looks upon him like you and i could be friends yeah and and it's just the all the all the implications of it and like the resonations for zuko it's just it's just tremendous It, it really is great the episode is just wonderful
0: yeah and i mean i i don't think I think you know just because you know me and you know popular culture but Zuko is known to have the best redemption arc of any character ever. Like mm. and they plant the seeds for that redemption in these in the storm in in the blue spirit. Mm. I think that this is truly really where the redemption arc, you know, it it's planted. It's not, you know, fully grown obviously, but we see that there is potential for Zuko to be good. Like he can do good things, but he's clouded by his anger and his, you know, just drive to to try and regain his honor that it's clouding what could be you know a very good person and but we see those cracks you know and and we see more of it as the series goes on and he really gets to earn his redemption and it's moments like this that you're like yeah no he totally did like and it's just oh it's so good i can't wait to get further in and be like you're just gonna you're gonna lose it
1: uh this, tonight was already was already hard enough with this stuff oh, I, 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 I i don't i don't know what i'm gonna do beyond all capsing you when i'm almost done with the episode i don't know what i'm gonna do i also find well, we, it ironic that he masks himself like a like a blue demon oh yeah like an evil spirit when in reality a
0: mask or kabuki mask or something like that i think it's kabuki mask is what it's called
1: um when in in reality it's the best part of him that's coming out Mm -hmm. you know yeah and it's i i just i i I love that i just i love it great visual like great choice there writers you you done it you done good
0: also just about the masses we were talking about originally they were going to name the character the blue spirit the red spirit and the mass was going to be red but they decided against it because they thought that people would figure out that it was zuko because red yeah, that, is that would have been mil-
1: a dead giveaway yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. i think it was a not only visually a great choice to change that because the blue in the white against the black it looks amazing but yeah it does it does i think work better symbolically that he is kind of putting aside his fire nation you know heritage and his prince and all mm-hmm. that and he, becoming a new person, a new entity almost. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's so good. And we didn't even talk about the the very last part of the episode um, when Aang returns and he like, you know, gives the frogs to Sokka and Katara mm-hmm. and Sokka just asks him, he like lays down, he's super exhausted and Sokka asks him, you know, Aang, how's your trip? Did you make any new friends? And just so tired and wearily, he just says, no, I don't think I did. And he turns away from the camera. Feeling
1: every one of those 112 years as he is like, no, I didn't make any new friends. And you can tell how incredibly badly he's taking the light. And, you know, he was hoping he was hoping that that moment would be a change between the relationship between him and Zuko.
0: Yeah. And then you pan over and we have Zuko and he's laying in his bed and he's looking at the Fire Nation emblem on his wall. And he turns away from it. I'm just like, the visual storytelling is so on point. I can't with this episode. It's <laughs> so it's, good. Yeah, it's it's really your back weird. on the fire nation, Zuko. You're too good for it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just yeah, it's uh anyway. That's it. Let's how would you rank the episode?
1: Oh man. So i'm going to give the episode a because it's just it's just phenomenal i mean the emotional depth of the episode the symbolism the storytelling the the character depths that are that are put out in this episode the action is phenomenal um i'm gonna give it a uh 9.7 out of 10.
0: nice i think that's probably that's your highest right
1: i think it's my it's i think it's my highest it's it's I think I gave nine point five to the jet episode. Was it?
0: I think so. Yeah, I, I really, was-
1: really enjoyed that episode. Yeah, yeah but this no, one's either way, this one's not this one's a nine point nine
0: point seven. I think I'm gonna give this one a nine point five out of ten. This is like top ten episodes for me personally. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy that we have a top ten that's in season one. Like that just shows how good it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, it truly is one of my favorite episodes. Um, I'm gonna save. I don't know if any episode quite hits a ten, but um, yeah, that's like top tier for me. This episode's phenomenal. I've watched it so many times; one of my most watched episodes of Avatar. Um, every time I binge watch it,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, yeah, you guys, you killed it, Michael D, uh, Dante DiMartino, and Brian Konitsko and Dave Filoni. Y'all are the best. We love it. <laughs> Moving on to the next episode.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Okay. Ah. Uh emotional emotional purging fan these are these are are manly tears these are manly tears my eyes uh episode 14 the fortune teller it is written by john o'brien and aaron ihash um who also wrote uh which one did he write of the ones that we had gone over in the previous episode it was uh, Aaron,
0: um, he, did the, he storm. did the storm right the storm yeah.
1: yes uh so yeah no um Again, okay, awesome writing um not surprised at all that he's he's billed as the writer on this one and directed by dave filoni the master himself yeah uh, it's animated by jm animation Uh, the episode aired september 23rd 2005 which you reminded me once again of just how much time is flying by i mean we started reading episodes that were in may and here we're in september yep (laughs) and the imdb rating for episode 14 the fortune teller is 7.8 out of 10 which i don't think is a just rating because i really like this episode
0: same i i don't understand why this episode is so low on a lot of people's list. I really enjoy this episode. Like, it's not the most plot heavy, but I think it's very good character work, um, which to me is more important than plot, personally. Um, But yeah, so in our fun facts, we've got this one. I think you'll find interesting. Jesse Flower, the voice of Meng, the little girl that's crushing on Aang, would later join the main cast in season two as Aang's blind earthbending teacher, Toph Beifong.
1: Okay, real quick. I yes. don't know what I told you before. I don't know a ton about the series, but I told mm. you at the beginning, I think on the first episode, I was like, I know there's a character later that like mm. is an Earthbender that joins them. And she's a girl and she's really mean. I know her voice. I know Toph's voice. And so when I, I wondered about this, because as you can tell you probably picked up by now, I'm pretty good at picking up voices.
0: Mm. And
1: I was like, Is that the same actor, voice actress? Yep. Is it her? Yep. Wow, that's cool. That's good to know.
0: Yeah, Toph Beifong is a lot of people's favorite characters out of the main gang, um, mm. so I'm very interested to see what you'll think of her when we come when we meet her. Um, but with our second fun fact, we have when Aang realizes that Mount Makapu, yeah, Makapu will erupt, he drops the panda lily into the volcano and the flower is replaced by CGI flames when it hits the lava. That's mm. just a fun little, like, I actually noticed that. I never noticed it before, but I did this time around. I was like, was that real fire? Like we've never had like real fire being. Sh- it's always two D animated, like hand drawn fire. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of weird. It was like, oh, that, that was real fire. Okay, they just must have CGI implanted that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is just a fun little one. When mm-hmm. Sokka kicks a pebble and it bounces off a nearby sign, hitting him in the head, the Chinese characters on the sign ironically translate to a good blessing. <laughs> a lot of details like
1: that that's great
0: the king of self-inflicted misery and i totally relate to that
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you
0: oh yeah totally um and i love that that's like a main through line with him in this episode is that everything bad that happens to him is of his own like doing
1: <laughs> i thought very... this was a good idea when i started it but nope just caused me more problems
0: literally <laughs> all right that's all we got for the fun facts not a lot oh, but very gosh
1: fun, so. no they are very fun facts they're, they are very fun um i so i, I told you that i was going to show you my notes so my notes for this just have the word cute written in really big letters there's a heart written here with A and katara's names <laughs> in it um, are you a
0: shipper <laughs> i
1: am oh yeah those see the big word bluesy just written
0: yeah, the fact that they this, put that in a show
1: <laughs> it was oh, all that, so no
0: that meant as a kid and I, when i found out i was like "Ooh!" and now that,
1: that is hysterical okay oh, so,
0: what? What? oh my god
1: <laughs> this episode is such a It takes us emotionally the complete other way from where episode 13 left off, which is really funny to watch 13 and 14 together because we're OCD and we do math and even numbers around here. Um, 13 was the season finale, wasn't it? 13 episodes.
0: Well, it was originally pitched as 13. Yeah, that's what they signed them on for.
1: Mm-hmm. right so it was, it was going to be a season finale so the last episode had season finale vibes like high drama high action big reveals right and then here we are and they wind up in this place with this a very whimsical really funny like genuinely good natured funny setting like the whole time i was like what's it gonna be is there some kind of like weird secret is he conning everybody my cynical jaded fire nation <laughs> heart it's just like in the second. Yeah, yeah i was Sokka. i was i was sorry i just i feel like, like I, I was burned by things before like this i was cynical like Sokka, and i'm there just being like what's her angle is she actually is she conning these people what's she getting out of it she doesn't charge any money hey Katara. is she getting money some other way like i was just really like what is this but no she literally just tells the future for everybody and does the best she can and some people just abuse it <laughs> Katara. but like <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, um, but it's just it's just hysterical and, and 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 the whole thing is not just like funny. It's not just like a played for laughs sort of scenario. It's just whimsical, and mm. I love like I love the duck humor throughout the whole thing. I love this one part. I, I can't remember what it was. What happened where everybody leaves? Oh, I think it was when Ang is trying to act aloof, and Katara mm. walks away from him, and there's this long extended pause where it's just him standing there, and this duck just wanders on. He just. And he just looks over the duck. He's just just quack.
0: standing there and it just quacks at
1: him. Yeah. yeah, but the duck quacks are so funny. They're not because they're not just like a duck quack. It's like a. <laughs> it's great.
0: Yes. yes, I think that you mentioned before that you know you love zoology, right? That's what you said. I during do. I one love of...
1: animals. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I love the hybrid animal, like you know, mixing oh, up two okay. animals.
1: Real quick, familiar. let me jump back on this real quick a huge appreciation has been going on like low key for the wildlife in Avatar The Last Airbender loved in the previous episode the star of the previous episode Uh, there was like that phoenix bird that like comes and like reports in and like of course it's a phoenix bird this is the fire nation what other kind of bird do they have you know and then there's like that like ox dinosaur thing with the long dragging tail that's pulling the cart into like the fortress and I was like man they don't have these back here in Illinois that's for sure you no, know, so I've really been appreciating The ducks, the best yeah. animal of all ducks.
0: Yes. And they have the platypus bear at the beginning of this episode.
1: Yes, the platypus is- bear.
0: Yes. And it lays eggs. <laughs> <It's just rips. laughs> Getting scared and dropping an egg was
1: amazing. Yes.
0: But um, yeah, so I, I do also love all the animal hybrids and the just funny combinations that they come up with. Um but um yeah, I, speaking of the talents and she'd brought it up, um, it's funny because on this most recent rewatch I was kind of like, they kind of give me cult vibes. <laughs> like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you
1: well, know, I mean, they all do literally everything from the way they dress
0: mm-hmm. to
1: to the what they're going to eat to what they yeah. think the weather's going to be and who they're going to marry all based on, like, what the fortune teller tells them is the right decision.
0: Right. And I think that this is actually a pretty deep commentary that like, you know, kids they'll just see at a surface level, but like, as I guess you could look at it from Sokka's point of view and just be like, you know, Oh, these people are just crazy. Like they're just following this woman's blindly, like kind of like a cult, but then you could see it from their point of view and be like, we're not hurting anybody. Like whatever we believe, like you could see it as a commentary on like religion, you know, if what we believe makes us happy and healthy and all that, like who cares? Like if you don't believe it or whatever, And that's like surprisingly deep for a kid's shell. Like they obviously don't go into religion with it, but like, you could totally see that as an allegory for it.
1: Um, well, especially when they start making this sort of debate with Sokka, where he is like seen as the science person, when you see like a little bit of like the blind ignorance of like the mm -hmm. the people where they're just like, huh, what can your science explain where rain comes from? He's like, yes, yes, it can.
0: That line delivery is one of my favorite of this season from soccer, like yes yes it can (laughs) like it's just so crazy he's so tired of people's bullshit and it's so funny. Jack just kind of kills me with his delivery um but yeah and it's it totally is a great kind of having these two polar opposites going at it and one's just being super nice and turning the other cheek like you know a lot of Religious people do when people mm-hmm. don't understand their beliefs or whatever, and then the skeptics over here are, like trying to disavow or disprove like whatever they believe, and it's just like mm-hmm. that is just chill, okay? <laughs> like just yeah. let them it, let them live ignorant.
1: It is a really great um, mechanic to get what you said is a very deep and complex point across because it does it all without hitting you over the head with it. It does lay an undertone of the issue where you see somebody who's a skeptic who doesn't believe in it, and he is right to a degree. He's right. They wind up going on the mountain. They find out the prediction is wrong, Um, and I mean there are things you're going to get wrong. There are things you're going to get wrong with somebody who realistically, she has a gift and she's using her gift. She's using supernatural input to guide people like faith, but you're relying on a person and a person can make mistakes. And that's a, you know, on the most somber note I can make not to dwell on it, but it is important for anybody who could be listening that, you know, the faith itself could be right. Like, Sokka went out to disprove it say it was it was a hoax it was false but it was real but at the same time the person who was the leader in this group of people following this faith is fallible and she made a mistake and people can make mistakes they can be following the right thing but they themselves can make a mistake and you know there has to be a level of skepticism where you're not blindly following where like Aang and Sokka do they go in there and they go and and find something's wrong and then they express it to everybody by having her see a sign which is a very creative way to do it The I, yeah, I didn't really know how what they were going to do that she mm-hmm. takes them as a as a you know a sign
0: yeah yeah no i i loved that <laughs> um that the way that they get the people to believe what you know that the volcano is actually going to erupt is by using in a way, kind of using and abusing their um, fortune telling against them yeah. um, by shifting the class It's very clever. Like, I, I don't think I would have thought of that. But like, it's a very clever way to kind of not, not it's, here's the thing, they don't like disapprove or disprove anything that they say, like they keep their beliefs intact while still proving them wrong if that makes sense i don't know if that makes any sense but yeah you know they don't
1: they don't shatter their faith and make them believe the whole thing is a farce because it's not but they use it to wake them up you know to the reality of the situation they guide them to the right conclusion using their faith
0: right exactly and i like that that's a clever way to kind of you know not one side the issue of the episode um but uh yeah, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the the fortune teller, like the fortunes that we get, because your your hearts and you know, XOXOs. Oh I'll, all...
1: I'll, oh I will. One more thing before I jump into it though, the line, one line for the episode which was hysterical. Hysterical was oh the fluffy the fluffy buddy cloud predicts doom and destruction. <laughs>
0: it's not a fluffy bunny cloud. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh i i couldn't i lost it when i heard that line i had to pause the episode i was laughing so hard
0: oh my uh, gosh!
1: and we was right until the fire mountain attacked
0: <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> the uh, attack- uh. Great.
1: <laughs> but oh god but now the real meat and potatoes the real thing we showed up for which is the ship the ship that could sink the entire fire nation navy ang katara oh Oh my gosh oh Oh my lord like (laughs) okay first of all i really feel like the episode takes the feelings that ang has for katara beyond just that like that kind of puppy love that we saw in that like much earlier episode where he's like trying to show off for her and and things to get her attention because he literally refers to it as like Number one, he refers to her as someone he that he cares about that he loves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is a pretty strong phrase to use. But I mean Yeah, man. especially when
0: you're young. <laughs> right.
1: But then you also see how seriously he takes it, where he, he's like, Who's she gonna marry? And I'm like, Oh my lord. Oh we're doing <laughs> we're do- yeah, we are doing this right now. And and okay. And I just you know the part that got me. Where she's like, you know, what's, what's he going to be like? Oh, he's going to be, he was going to be, how does she phrase it? She's going to be, he's going to be a really powerful, no, a
0: bender. what is it? It was a, a very powerful bender.
1: Yes, he's one powerful bender. And <laughs> as soon as she said that, I was like, oh gosh. Anyway. We, I know. I was, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. I, I couldn't deal with it at all. I I, I was I was waiting for it the entire time, and they kept me going back and forth because then he's like going to Sokka for advice on what to do, and it's just like oh, but see, but I love where he goes in and gets his fortune told, and she. <laughs> What subverted expectations right there? She tells this big thing of like, Oh, you're gonna fight in a war, a giant battle between good and evil. It's gonna decide the fate of the world. He's yeah. like, I already knew that. I already knew that. Does there anything, anything in there it. about like girl? She's like, What? Is that what you came in here for? He's like, Yeah. Yeah, and then no. and,
0: hmm? Yeah, just like what they did with the clouds, she kind of bullshitted him while also yeah. like keeping his his faith intact by being like, you know what? you you just gotta follow your heart but if you do that you're gonna be set like you'll get the girl it's gonna be great and even at the end he kind of reaffirms that by being like just like how you reshape the clouds you can shape your own destiny and like yeah and he looks good kat- to katara and i'm just like wow like yeah. i'm a a shipper, as we all know but i do appreciate just how well they kind of set up this romance and mm-hmm. you know how sweet it is and just innocent and like Clearly, you know, from the get go, they're one of those couples that from the first episode, they're going to get together. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> there are several cartoon episodes that have that sort of dynamic where you're like, oh, yeah, they're endgame for sure. Um, and yeah, it's episodes like this. They have several episodes very similar to this where they focus very heavily on the romance mm-hmm. between Aang and Tara, And they're always so sweet. I just love they're, they're so kawaii. <laughs>
1: They're yeah, so cute. They're, they're so cute. They're so cute. And then there's Katara and she's all like lovesick, where she's all like crazy and happy. I and mean, she wants all the details of everything. I love where right. she's basically like, yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna have five great grandchildren and, and die yeah. in your sleep. <laughs> she just tells her the entire life in that wow. afternoon.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, was, it was so it was so cute. And then he I gets just the idea for the flower.
0: Mm-hmm, the panda lily, so cute, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> he climbed a volcano for her to get a flower. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's real love, man. If you haven't climbed a volcano for your girl, don't tell her.
0: <laughs> don't tell.
1: Her. Let her go on believing you've climbed a volcano for her.
0: <laughs> I. This is just a funny little joke that Rachel. um For all of you that know, I've mentioned her before, but she's my middle sister. um Rachel and I. <laughs> love this line so much and we'll just say it out of context but the so papaya (laughs) (laughs) the way he says it and the way he moves he's just like so papaya (laughs) like he's trying to (laughs) are you that's that
1: that, that, that's how i that's how i uh, open up conversation with women all the time so papaya Papaya. you gotta (laughs) smolder
0: and he's like oh you know me i don't really care what i eat And he eats the apple and he immediately spits it out like, it's just so funny it's like hey you're a vegetarian why are you spitting out an apple like I mean, it
1: was, it was bad a bad apple
0: piece of meat. like he would just be eating like, but, uh, so hilarious. i i love that scene of him trying to be aloof because he's so bad at it he's uh. so sweet the episode
1: also 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 had a couple of really good messages about relationships too which like okay so i'm a real diehard romantic i Mm -hmm. I really am i love i love love i love love stories (laughs) anytime anytime any of my friends are just like oh you know me and my you know my partner whoever they are you know they'll be like oh we're We've been together for a year this past weekend and we celebrate it. And I will be the first person to immediately drop everything I'm doing and lean over and be like, oh my gosh, tell me the story of how you guys met each other. I want to hear the whole thing. I want to
0: hear about your meat cute.
1: Huh?
0: I want to hear about your meat cute.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. I want to hear about it. And um and so like the but the episode has a couple of really valuable things about relationships and you know. Like you were saying, there's the whole... Oh, yeah, you can have a fortune told. You can have this whole, like, oh, the person I want to meet is out there. But, like, when they're there, you got to work for it. And you got to make it happen. And you have to put in the time and the energy. You have to tell them how you feel. You have to let the other person know. Oh, my gosh. Which, oh, my gosh. It brings me back to the one of the most painful moments in the whole thing. When Aang turns to Katara in the middle of them cheering for the predictions and he goes something to the effect where he's like hey just you know i really like you katara but like he says something like more than normal yeah or something like that he's like i like you a lot more than normal or and it just when she she didn't hear him and she walked away like i could feel my heart crumble
0: (laughs) i know he was trying so hard
1: kid oh my gosh
0: (laughs) and it's and again another similarity between you and Aang like he's also a huge romantic and like the gesture that I mean multiple times throughout the episode one of my favorite moments we haven't even talked about it but um when at the very beginning of the episode when he makes her the necklace out of the fishing line because she lost her mom's necklace Zuko still has it and I'm just like it's so sweet. he sees like the glamour shot of her when on and it's like sparkling and it's like an anime shot he just thinks she's the prettiest girl in the world and i'm like ladies, god he's so-
1: ladies just so you know if your man gives you something especially something he made but if he bought it or whatever it is and you try it on just know that in that moment that you're trying it on and showing it to him he is looking at you the way that ang looks at katara
0: Get yourself a man that looks at you like. Aang looks at Katara. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: no. Oh, uh, but you know what was also really good um, was the whole uh, the whole subplot of the the girl, the assistant to um, Aunt mm-hmm. Wu. What was her name again? That character who was the voice. Meng. Yeah. Meng. Right. Right. Meng. Where Meng like has that oh gosh, the the heartstrings were just like played like a guitar at an ed or, sheeran concert like it, 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 where she says to ang where she's like you know i really like you he's like yeah i know and she's like yeah but like you know i don't think you'll like me back the same way he's like oh <laughs> yeah guess okay now I, get, now I get what you mean yeah i guess not it's it's just and there's that real somber like resolution to it they both handle it very mature for like 12 mm-hmm. year olds uh, more mature than most adults do by the way take notes people right. uh this is how you okay. handle rejection. Um, but he has that great moment where he goes to her though, and he puts his hands on her shoulders, and he's just like, he much is like, don't worry, like there's some, you're gonna marry some amazing guy who like, you know, because she's down on herself, you know, she's like, oh my hair is really goofy and weird, and that girl, her, her hair is so beautiful compared to mine, and it's like a very realistic, you know, very kind of punch, punch to the gut. Of like when you're rejected, but you're rejected for somebody else, you know, right. and you you have to compare yourself, and to remember that like Ang said, the Avatar said it. People don't doubt him. That there's somebody out there for you who like will look at you the way that Ang looks at Katara and not to give up and just because your crush doesn't feel the same way back i think that like i said this episode is great that the show imparts a lot of really good healthy lessons and healthy messages it shows healthy resolutions to arguments and it shows it shows how to swallow your pride to admit when you've made mistakes and now it shows you how to deal with relationship
0: stuff mm-hmm. yeah. this is
1: great the show is amazing
0: <laughs> it is and we haven't even talked like Honestly, we haven't even talked about my favorite part of the entire episode, which is the big action scene at the end. Like the the entire you know buildup of this episode is that you know this this volcano is going to erupt, but the people don't believe that it is until Mm -hmm. Aang and Sokka and Katara prove that it will, and it does, and that ends up becoming a very dangerous situation that they have to you know work together to prevent this town from being burned down. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know it's it's a seemingly just kind of like secluded incident like it, it wouldn't you know have any ramifications or anything but they go so hard with the animation and the you know music and the build up and like you know seeing the ashes just filling up the screen as you know the lava's like approaching the town and mm-hmm. the music is swelling and They're like, oh my God, this river is gonna overflow. Like we gotta do something. And then Aang just like, without any words, just rushing in and just taking charge and completely basically defeating this volcano by himself using some very amazing airbending techniques. Like it's so well done. And then of course the big clincher to the whole scene, Um, After Aang has basically, you know, stopped the lava, he's cooled it off. It's just become a giant rock formation around the town, almost like a protective barrier. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as these ashes are falling all around them, Sokka and Katara are just standing there, just looking at this amazing feat that he's just done. gosh.
1: And Sokka's just like, sometimes I forget, like, just how powerful he is. He is one powerful, you know, bender.
0: Yeah. And Katara just has this moment of like, what did you just say? and the pan around her face and the music this very like almost like mysterious type of music starts to play that we haven't heard before and she just is like i suppose he is like Mm -hmm. i just Mm -hmm. and you're just like oh she knows that's gonna be her husband one day
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) is there a a moment from thor where she's just like oh my god (laughs)
0: literally Uh, I think I want to have his baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good moment and it really just kind of brings all of the themes of the romance and you know the fortune telling yeah. and all all into that one moment. Um it's so well done and I love that at the very end literally the last scene of the episode, you know Aunt Wu the fortune teller, she isn't mad that yeah. like they stole her book and you know rearranged the clouds and you know, she yeah. just is kind of, like, charmed by it. She's like, ha-ha, you guys are so clever. And you it's... guys can be
1: fortune tellers, <laughs> too, because I did the same thing.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> so, it's just a really solid episode, and I don't know. I don't know why people don't like it more, because... I mean, yeah, it doesn't, like no. I said, there's not really it's, a lot of it's a, plot
1: It's, but. It, it's it, but like, it doesn't need to, because it. what it does is it dives into, it is a situation that allows the characters to show their depth. It doesn't need to move them forward. They've already been growing leaps and bounds and having big heart-to-hearts, but it allows them to grow in their own way within. It, it's a nice little... It's a nice little greenhouse for their characters to grow in. They don't need to be doing doing a lot of things with it. And I gotta right. tell you, for having no Zuko, this is an amazing episode. So
0: I I didn't I literally had to go back and be like, wait, Zuko wasn't in this episode, was he? I didn't right. even realize, honestly. <laughs> um, so what would you rank this episode?
1: Uh for sure, I've already been contemplating this. I am gonna give this episode a 8.4. Out of 10, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't feel like that IMDb score is justified. Like this is a great <laughs> episode, but I'm a diehard romantic. So I really, really like it.
0: Maybe that's why, because it is a more romance based and the guys are all like, nah, we don't like it. Um, I would probably give it an 8.5. Uh, I think that it is definitely one of the better episodes of the season of the first season. And um, yeah, I don't think that, like you said, I don't think the IMDb score is is valid i think that it's way higher than that so but whatever
1: (laughs) it was one of those episodes like we had one or two of them before they're just it's, it's just it was just a joy the entire way through there was like no part of the episode the whole thing was funny all the way through and charming and and just fun you know, mm-hmm. from Katara milking the fortune teller for every detail of her future to Aang trying to figure out how to charm Katara to uh, Sokka hunting down the zealots in the town who are just addicted right. to, to the fortune telling. Like, yeah, it's this, great.
0: This really is an episode, and I thought about this after I finished watching it today. That every per or every of uh, every character in the gang, you know, has their own story going on. There's no. Yeah. Like, A, B, it's all just their own individual stories. Like, usually episodes will focus on one particular character, like, you know, Sokka with the Warriors of Kyoshi or, you know, Aang and the Blue Spirit or whatever. But, like, this episode pretty much evenly distributes the story amongst the three characters, which is great to see because they're all so well-defined and we love watching them. So it's like, yeah, I, I love when they do that. They don't do it often, but I do love when they do yeah
1: no it was really really good and and for the first time i can say <clears throat> that the episode probably benefited and was better for the lack of zuko only mm-hmm. because with him being so closely tied to Aang in the last like two episodes right having zuko in it automatically makes it more of an ang focused episode in a way that way you know right or at least it has more recently so this is a good kind of detox a little bit mm-hmm. you know we all need a little break you know as if yeah. we can kind of you know we need to cool <laughs> off a little bit
0: right
1: every once in a while so yeah no um i i, I kind of like also that you know 13 uh kind of closed a chapter in a way that again it was written for uh, for a finale um this has very like fresh new season kind of vibes to it this this fun um Fun episode that's opened a bunch of doors and i am as always super excited to see what's next
0: that's all for today to all of our listeners thank you so much for tuning in we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode so feel free to leave a review or comment follow the podcast give us a good rating and all that good stuff
1: you can find us on twitter at millwood and micah and please follow our instagram at millwood and micah podcast thanks again and we'll be back in the next episode